Hey, New Hope Community Church, good morning. My name is Patrick Machado. I'm your youth director here at the church. I have the privilege of bringing you the message this morning. I'm so glad you're here. So I hope you have your Bible. Um, you can turn to the New Testament. We'll be in Romans today most of the time. Uh, Romans 1, so you can start at the very beginning. And the message today is called An Unashamed Faith. Unashamed Faith. And uh, I'm just so glad to be here on the first of the month with you guys again here giving the message. And I'm so excited uh, if you come in person, uh, you get to see our youth running around serving. It's an amazing thing. Every Wednesday we have youth. It's so much fun. But uh, let's get ready. Hope you have your Bibles ready. Let's jump right in right at the top. Let's get right into our word. Romans 1, 16 through 17. All right, here we go. Romans 1, 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteousness shall live by faith. The righteous should live by faith. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you. You are an amazing God. We welcome you into this place. We ask that you would reveal yourself to us through your word. Uh, may there just not be a man standing before people online, but it would be uh, a man being faithful and serving. And that through this, uh, man, the words of God would be shared. That a faith about the king the savior the god that came down to earth to save humanity uh, the truth that is revealed in this text we love you pray that in your name amen amen well uh, again i am the youth director and something interesting about the youth is they have interesting interests that's right our youth have interesting interests and i can tell you a lot of these things wasn't as popular like in our youth, they're about these things, all right? Um, cosplay, they, they love to dress up, they love anime, they love getting into it, all right? Robotics, man, I, what is robotics, right? Like robots, building robots, that's cool, right? Gymnastics, do we have one of the best gymnasts on island and in, a, in America, in our youth ministry, isn't that crazy? You wouldn't think Hawaii gymnasts, but hey, we got them, right? And how about this? We got guys that are into surfing, but also serving in JROTC. I know, mind-blowing, right? And you would never think that some, uh, a form of military and a form of surfers would come together, but these boys are about it, and it's crazy. And, it, and it's not the most common interest, right? It's not the most common thing that happens around us. It's not, it's not the most common thing to be interested in, but our young people are interested in these things. Why did I bring that up? Well, because Paul, the apostle, the writer of Romans, um, went from being interested in some things that are not cool into being interested in to another thing that wasn't actually cool at the time. All right. He was named Saul. And from being Saul as Saul, uh, he murdered Christians. Yeah. He would kill Christians um, with the name Saul. And then he meets Jesus. His life has changed. 
and uh, his name is now Paul, and and Paul, we love Paul, right? In the Bible, he is such an amazing father of the faith. And Paul, being a Christian, um, really is about sharing the gospel and raising young leaders uh, to take over the church. And, and so he went from this weird interest of killing Christians and wanting all Christianity to fail into becoming a man who leads churches and it's all about Jesus and raising up young Christians in the faith. It all starts when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, um, and he is radically saved, radically changed. He is no longer the man that was, but he has a new life. How many of us are glad that Jesus Christ came into our life and radically changed us, and we have a new life, right? And the cool part is that Paul is a Greek-speaking Jewish Roman citizen. Talk about a man of the men, of a man, right? Like he is a man that can get along and he can converse with so many different people. And, and he has a passion to get people in Rome saved. And so uh, this is his letter. This is his, um, what he's writing. Hey, people of Rome, all Romans, this is for you. I got a salvation and a freedom that I want to share to Rome. And I think we today can learn from. So I'm just going to read Romans 1.16 again, where it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to who? Everyone who believes. Yes, it was first to the Jew, but now also to the Greek and the rest of us that are still living. It excites him. There was another man uh, in Mark 5 who, who Jesus impacts in a radical way. And it gets him excited like Paul. Now Jesus heals this man um, of a legion of demons. Now a legion is a Roman measurement for about 4,000 to 6,000 soldiers. So basically there's 4,000 to 6,000 demons within this one man. I'll tell you this much, I'd be crazy excited if I got 4,000 to 6,000 6, just anything out of me, right? Like, man, if I had two voices in my head, if I had three voices, like, like we see people that have that um, issue, right? It's like, that, that's a tough life. Now, thousands and thousands of voices going on inside this man. Jesus casts those demons out of him, and he is so excited, he just books it and heads home. Jesus is like, hey, go tell people about me. And, and all he can say, man, I've been impacted by the power of God. There's this man named Jesus. He's doing, he's gonna, he is our king. He showed up. Our Messiah is here now, now, right? And it wasn't just, just a radical change. This radical change, right? This freedom that was brought, it was like freeing. Like you can be changed, right? And still feel in the same place. Now these, these men have been radically changed and they're free, free to run, free to share the gospel. And that's Paul, his heart is to share the message. And so the heart of this message, the one that I'm pulling out of this text is that an eternal transformation, right? A forever transformation of life. Right? A new life now and a new life to come 
should leave us unashamed to share about Jesus. There should be no shame if an eternal transformation has happened in you and me and those around us. If Jesus has impacted your life, radically changed you, there should be no shame about talking about who that person is. There should be no shame. All right? There should be. And this unashamedness may come off like pride sometimes. But as I know and you know, pride is sinful and anything about Jesus is not pride and it's not sin. Our God is not about sin. He actually hates sin. And this is a righteous hate that he has for it, right? This is more of a passionate excitement. Like I am so, like there's shame, right? And, and this, is, this is like, I am so excited about what Jesus is doing. I got to go. I got to tell people. I got to share about him. And this is not about like, hey, you guys should know Jesus. Follow me. Check me out. It's all about me. Yes, Jesus saved us. But now, now that you're saved, you should follow and you come to my church because it's all about me and my church and my worship and how I sing. No, it's like, dude, you need to find out who Jesus is because Jesus is doing amazing things and Jesus is going to transform you. Man, the glory and the honor is all Jesus. I'm stoked about being able to serve Jesus. Hey, you want to come sing with me as I sing about Jesus? Hey, you want to come and serve with me and set up chairs for Jesus? It's like, it's all to him, right? This is this unashamed faith that Paul is trying to get people into. He's starting this letter at the beginning very nice and all excited because he's excited about what God has done. He's like, I'm getting to talk to the people of Rome. Um, these are my people, and I want to tell them about Jesus. And I am not ashamed of the faith that I have. Can I tell you, no matter how old, no matter how young, no matter how in between you are, all right, this is for all of us. We all need to not forget about the moments and the moment that Jesus saved us. Of course, like you might forget the date, you might forget who was there, but we know Jesus Christ met me, met you individually somewhere, maybe in a group, and changed my life forever. And our hearts, our response should be this unashamedness of I gotta go out there and tell people about Jesus. And of course, it is hard it is hard because it can get awkward sometimes. People love to hate on a good thing. And, and we got a good thing called the good word and the good news. And so people, it's easy for people to hate on us. But hey, it's got to be done, right? So let the joy of that transformation and salvation uh, fill you and get you going in your life. Because here's why, right? Here's why when you do this, right? Point one, man, faith must be walked Faith must be walked out. That's our first point. It's got to be done. Like, I understand it's hard. I know it might be awkward. I know you don't know when the right time is. But man, we got to walk our faith out. It is good to be saved, but if nobody sees it or knows it, is it really good? If you keep reading your Bible, you'll find out it's actually dead. And so, Let's read Romans 1, 16 through 17. Let's just remind ourselves of what it's like to walk out our faith, and it's a good thing. 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, for in it, in walking it out, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Man, when you walk from faith, it is for faith. As it is written, the righteousness shall live by faith. How do you know you're righteous? You walk it, you talk it, and right? You, you walk the talk. And uh, here is what Paul shares to his young leader, Timothy, in the letter 2 Timothy 1, uh, 8 through 9. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed. Again, he's like, hey, you better not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Right. It's going to be hard. He's, he's saying, hey, young man, uh, it's going to be hard. But get out there. Do it. Share the gospel, the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works. Right. And it's not about what we're doing but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. He's encouraging every single one of us, just like if we were Timothy, hey, I'm not ashamed and you don't be ashamed. We got to go out there and get it. And yeah, we might suffer a little bit, but it's all right because we've been given this power. We've been given grace. We've been shown and we've been saved that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And so we got to go get it. All right. And he's saying this at a time where historically at the time, Rome is not what we might think of Rome today. Right. It's, it's not or America. It is not the thing. Christianity is actually new. It is not the popular belief at this time. Right. It is it is more of a multi God um, system where they, they kind of pray to different things. And it, it's not as huge as we even see in America or even Hawaii, right? Christianity is big in Hawaii. We, there's a church all over the place. There's a new hope. There's a hope chapel there, right? That's all over. We got inspiring, got anchor. We got all these things. They're all over the place. So we have privileges now that Paul didn't have at that time. And so, man, Paul's saying, if I'm not ashamed right now when it's not even popular, Man, you got to be crazy not ashamed to go out there and do your thing. Be bold. Be bold in what you do. Get out there. Hey, one-time embarrassment is all right. Because guess what? Doing something embarrassing, getting embarrassed, that's a part of life, right? Can I get an email from a, a little older generation? Hey, you're going to get embarrassed. Hey, we film our kids as adults now. We film our kids doing embarrassing things, hoping and waiting, right? Man, I can't wait to show this at their wedding. Oh, man, I can't wait to put this part of their slideshow at their graduation and embarrass the heck out of them, right? And so let me share a, an embarrassing thing that I would do. I, I, I don't know. Um, for a few years, I don't, I don't know what it was about me. I just kept doing this. And uh, my friend, Micah Simpson, uh, he actually got a lot of these text messages because we'd text a lot. And what I would do is text random, not random, my friends, okay, my friends, uh, and say, I love you. I was like, hey, babe, I love you. And it was really meant for my wife, Rachel, but for some reason, I'm texting her, I'm texting them, and we're in the middle of multiple people texting, and I'll just shoot out, hey, babe, I love you. 
and Michael would be like, hey, man, I love you too, <laughs> you know? And it's just, it's just going to happen. Embarrassing things are going to happen. And so when you kind of understand that, man, embarrassing times are going to happen, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to, like, might as well make mistakes and get embarrassed sharing about the greatest thing in the world. Am, am I wrong on that? Like, I already know I'm going to make some mistakes. I already know I'm going to be making myself a fool at some point in my life. I might as well go out swinging, telling people about Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you to say, hey, hey, it might be awkward. It might be weird. It might be weird to, on your lunch break at your desk in the office, to pop a Bible open and start reading. It might be weird. It might be weird for when someone says, hey, do you go to church? And you actually know you go to church and you know what they're talking about and you kind of know what's happening. That might be. And I know it's a little hard, especially being in Hawaii. Being in Hawaii, uh, there's a thing about us, right? The thing, there are two things. Uh, we have a very steep uh, rootedness in um, an Asian culture, right? You take your slippers off. When you go in somebody's house, you take your shoes off. Hey, you don't bring that kind of stuff, right? There, there's certain things in our culture, uh, just being in Hawaii, that has an Asian base to it. We also have an American base uh, culture here in Hawaii, being a part of America, being the 50th state. And so there are these uh, certain things. And a big thing that comes from uh, Asian culture is shame. You do not dishonor the family, right? You, you do not bring dishonor to the family. And so there's a shame culture um, that's kind of under, like in, in within all families. And, and then there's the American culture where we are untouchable, we're the best, we, um, you can't touch America, right? America's number one, like we're number one, it's all about us, very about prideful. And so there's this shame and pride thing that goes on. But here's the thing. Shame and pride kind of sit on the outsides. When we live Christ-centered, when we walk by faith, when our God confidence, right, not, not our own confidence, because that's pride, we pull, it, pull away from pride, we still have that not ashamed, bold reality about life, God-centered, leaning on Him, pointing glory to Him. It gets away from those things. We want to get away from shame and hurt and say, hey, man, God, it's about him. I want to pull myself away from pride, get to the center and say, hey, I'm serving the king of kings. Now, the reality is I, I'm not the king of my own castle. Who really leads my family is Jesus Christ. And, and when you do that, it comes from a more of a sense of, man, I know who my God is. I know who Jesus is. I know what he's done in my life. Man, I, I've written the goodness of what he has said in my heart, in my mind. And this is the kind of faith that Paul is talking about. He's like, man, an unashamed faith is one that knows Jesus, knows what he's done, know what he's doing in his life. And that's a confidence you can have. Like, knowing things builds confidence. Like, if I know how to do something, I confidently will do that thing. When you know who Jesus is, there's a confidence that comes from it that's God-centered, God-filled. It's humbling, right? It's like, man, I might be very low, right? That shame factor. 
Shame comes to humbleness. Pride, right, comes to God confidence. And so it, it's, it's leaning on him. And then let's read it one more time. Romans 1, 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. I love this because the righteousness, the righteous, right? Hopefully you and I, what we're striving for, man, we live by faith. And it's simple because it's like, hey, if you live by faith, then you will live by faith. Like if you choose to be faithful, you will be faithful. And, and it's really easy, but it's complicated, right? It's like, it's easy. Okay, let me just, I know who God is. Let me just walk it out. Oh, but then, oh, I got busy and I couldn't read my Bible. And, oh, life hit me and I couldn't do this thing. And it's like, oh, I missed church that one week because I was sick. And it just starts to snowball after. And so it's like easy to do the things of God, to know him. To wonder, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take sometimes being embarrassed. It's going to take sometimes getting into things. But if you want to build faith, you got to walk in, right? And I, and I wrote this down, and I think it's amazing. It's like, but living, living by faith only can help. What can it help? It can help build and maintain your faith. Let me repeat that. Hey, if you live by faith, it can only help build and maintain your faith. And how's that so? Hey, if you want to get better at playing basketball, do you sit there on your couch doing nothing? Nah, you play basketball. Hey, you want to get better at doing golf and playing golf? Well, you got to get out there at the driving range. You got to get to the course. You got to swing away. Let me tell you this. If you want to build up your faith, if you want to maintain that flame within you that's on fire for Jesus, man, you got to get to church. You got to read your Bible. You got to get around people that's going to fan the flame, not your own, but like, like fan the flame your flame, like encourage you, build you up. Hey, let's go grab lunch. Like you got to get yourself surrounded by those people that love Jesus Christ too. Man, you got maybe uh, less rap, more worship music, right? Like there's things you got to do in your faith. Oh man, I got to go share the gospel with somebody. Sometime this week, sometime this month, let me just go talk to a neighbor, uh, uh, a coworker about Jesus. Maybe somebody in the church. It's walking it out. How do I keep my faith going? Man, it is walking it out. How do I shoot a better three-pointer? Probably shoot more three-pointers. How do I throw a baseball better? Probably throwing a baseball more. Man, how do I get better at singing, playing ukulele? How do I get better at these skills that I have in my life? Well, it's by doing it. How do I build up my faith and maintain it? It's probably by walking it out. And so I'm going to kind of close here with my second point, and we're going to have communion today. So if, if you haven't gotten that ready, go ahead and get that ready. But our second point is a hard life is better than the wrath of God. A hard life on earth is still way better than the wrath of God. And that might be a funny thing to say, but um, like I said at the beginning, Paul starts this note, this letter to the Romans, really excited really happy and he's saying hey you need to be unashamed now he's starting to 
crank it up a little bit. He's like, you need to be unashamed. Jesus came, and the word is for the Jews first, and then now the Greeks and now the rest of the world walk by faith. And then, immediately right after those verses, he gets really into it. Let's read what he says in Romans 18 through 23. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of man, whom by their unrighteousness surpass the truth, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, right? Again, it's easy to know him because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made. Here it is. So they are without excuse. Man, if we do not know that God exists, man, we have no excuse for it. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Whew. Paul went in. And Paul went in hard. Right? Excited. Hey, I'm excited. I need every Roman to get saved. Hey, Greeks, saved. Jews, saved. Hey, rest of the world, there's a salvation for you through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You need to know it. Believe in it. If you believe, you have it. Right? And then, boom, he's saying, we got no excuse. You better be walking it out. Man, we thought we knew. We didn't know. And then we chose to make godly images, right? Little g godly images of the things God told us we have dominion in. In Genesis, God says, you have dominion over the animals of the sky, the animals of the lands, and all things, right? Animals in the, of the sea, and all things that creep and crawl underneath. Paul is saying, we went from worshiping the God that gave us dominion and power all, over all those things, to now elevating those things above God. Isn't that crazy? We thought we had it but we had no idea. And so Paul removes all excuses. Hey, from the very beginning, God's been making himself known. How is the sun there? How hasn't it killed us yet? How hasn't the oceans gone crazy and swallowed us up? He's saying, I, I, God has removed all excuses for you to not do it. And there's a wrath of God that is awaiting people for don't, don't recognize him that push him aside, that says, man, I ain't, I ain't about, I ain't about it. He's saying, well, then there's no excuse for you. Sorry, there, there's nothing for you. There's nothing I got for you. But as I, if I got you in front of me, I got you in front of me, I want to tell you. And so I, I'm encouraging you. Is there people in your life that has a hard life? And, and it might be hard for you, right? And they might have a hard life that need to know the two sides of the goodness and excitement and the freedom of salvation through Jesus Christ. And that 
there is the wrath of God that no man has excuse that they can't escape without him. It's, it's, it's a harsh truth, but it's a real thing. And I think that's why Paul went from, hey, I love you guys. I love you so much, Rome. I need to tell you, we got no excuse. We got no excuse to be unashamed of our faith. We got no excuse to go out there and share about Jesus. And so uh, I just want to encourage you guys, hey, Let's walk this faith out. Let's be excited. Let's be about Jesus. Let's go and get it. Let's go tell people about it. Hey, let's fan our own flame of faith in us. Like sometimes you got to encourage yourself. How do you encourage yourself? Hey, man, I remember when I was at camp um, as, you know, a 17-year-old and, and God met me there. And my leader and I prayed for my life to be saved radically changed right what is your story man god you met me in prison and saved me god you met me when my marriage was falling apart and saved us what is your story remember that use that to build your faith up fan it and it's not like i did anything it's like jesus came into my life and did work And now I get to walk in freedom, unashamed to share that. Not only because I'm afraid of the wrath of God that, 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 that beholds and is for all those that don't believe, but I don't got no excuse. I just got to go get it. And so uh, with all that to say, right, about our unashamed faith, let's go into a time of communion and uh, I love communion, I, I love this time. It really reminds me just how whole the Bible is. That from beginning to end, there is a, an overarching main point and it is, really is Jesus Christ. It really is about God. And, and you can see that when you see uh, the, the plague, the last plague in Egypt, where the angel of death passes over uh, the houses, right, saving uh, the firstborns by putting the blood of the lamb over their doorway, right? So all believers, all believers of that were saved. You fast forward it, right, and you see the Last Supper and where we're going to be reading from. And then you see it come to play out uh, with the victory of the cross and how we have salvation today. And, and so let, let us remember and take communion. Uh, if you could grab the bread or a wafer for me and maybe bread for you. And uh, we're going to read Luke 22, 19. And it says, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so uh, we, we, we take this bread and, and as I pray, Hold it, remembering uh, the body that was given, brokenness. What did God break in your life? Remember the things that Jesus broke in your life. Maybe it was anger. Maybe it was hatred. Maybe it was a failed relationship. Maybe it was uh, something that you were struggling with, and he broke it and set you free from. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for entering into our life, being a broken 
body breaking of bones and, and the things you went through on the cross and before the cross and the, the torture that you went through. Your body was broken so that it would symbolize, not just symbolize, but it, it symbolized for us, now today, the things that you broke in our lives, the, the chains you ripped off, right? The freedom that we have in you. Thank you that you did that. We, we don't passively say thank you with everything, with our unashamed faith. We say thank you, all glory and honor to you because you deserve it and you earned it. God, we love you. Pray this your name, amen. Go ahead and take the bread. And so let's take the cup of the juice. Let's hold that. And let's read what it says in Matthew 26, 27 through 29. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, do, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Hey, when we are praying and, and as we drink this, I want you guys to hold it and I want you to think of an agreement the day you were saved, this agreement we made with God that said, hey, I'm covering my life in your blood. I am made clean and holy and, and I've been given a new life here and the one to come, right? I'm gonna drink it with you again in my Father's kingdom. And the life to come because of the blood that was sacrificed on the cross. Your blood has sealed an agreement between creation and creator, between me, man, and you, Jesus, God, right? It's an agreement. And my life is yours. I'm here to serve. I love it. I'm unashamed, and I'm ready to get after it. So just hold your cup, and I'll pray, and then we'll take it. Dear Lord, thank you so much again, not only going and having your body broken, but your blood shed. That that bloodshed, like the doorway, covers our sins completely, making us clean, white as snow, as the song says. And so we, we stand before you, ready for the new life that you've given us and the one to come, where we stand in the Father's kingdom, be able to drink of wine with you again. We love you, Lord. You've done amazing things in our lives. We never want to take for granted. Again, all honor, all glory is yours. Thank you for building us up and giving us salvation. We love you. Pray in your name. Amen. Let's take out the juice. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're so glad you were able to join us here. We appreciate every single one of you and hope you will come back again next Sunday. We love you. All right. See ya. Bye.